Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the PBL Project Blitz. In this episode, we interview Justin Newby, who is a middle school teacher at Knight Middle School in Jefferson County, Kentucky. Uh, he's a sixth grade uh, science and social studies special education teacher. And the project that he was doing was about plastic and recycling and how we um, kind of reduce our carbon footprint on our global community. This episode was pretty interesting to talk to Justin um, because of the school closures, the, the end of his project was impacted. So we get to hear some of what he said about that as well as um, the impact of the process of the project on his students in their community. If you like the music you're hearing on our podcast, this is a band called Attaboy and a song called Waking Up. You can find them on Spotify and the link to their music is in our show notes. Enjoy this episode with Justin. Welcome to the PBL Playbook, brought to you by Magnify Learning, where we equip teachers with project-based learning tools today so they can engage and empower their students for the future. This podcast will give you the playbook of real PBL facilitators in the classroom, just like you, and help bring you strategies and tools for your PBL game. Now, here are your PBL Playbook hosts, Josh and Andrea. Gotta find a better way. All right, welcome back, listeners. Uh, we're here today with Justin Newby. Um, he's a sixth grade middle school teacher at Knight Middle School in Jefferson, Kentucky. Um, Justin, why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, yourself to our audience? So, like you said, my name's Justin Newby. I'm one of our sixth grade special ed science and social studies resource teachers. Um, I've been at my school for about four years now, and so you have a PBL project that you want to talk to us about. So can you go ahead and talk a little bit about the project that you did and the community partner entry event and all the things that went into planning your project? Yeah, so the project that we did, it was called um, Plastic Trash. And it was basically the kids just coming up with solutions on what we could do with the plastic waste that is here in our um, waterway system. So um, two of the science standards that kind of we touched on were the human impacts on our system and then developing possible solutions for that. And so my goal with the kids was to, for, to give them this idea of, okay, here's the issue with all this plastic and trash in the water. What can we do with it? And um, from there, our first entry event was um, a project where we worked with the Kentucky Waterway Alliance. And we, they uh, found a lake near our school and we did a cleanup with them. And we took all that trash that we collected from there and we cleaned it off and um, separated it into different categories and weighed it out to see how much trash was collected. And from there, we sent it to one of our community partners, all that data to the Ocean Conservancy up in Washington, DC. Um, and they FaceTimed, we actually did a Zoom meeting with them um, 
and they talked to the kids about the data that they sent them and what they were going to do with that. And um, so with our driving questions to get the kids started, it was how could we as the next generation of environmentalists create art and limit the use of plastic here in the United States? Awesome. That sounds like a really, really cool project and certainly relevant as we kind of think about all of the the work and the, the attention that's being paid to things like global warming and, and just being environmentally friendly and, and green in different businesses. And now it's even cooler when you think about them being able to zoom in with a community partner. Like back then, that was just a way for us to connect with people who weren't in our community. Now it seems like the way that we're connecting all the time with our students. So it's kind of kind of a unique opportunity for them to see that. Uh, so talk a little bit about that student impact. Like what, how did the students respond to the project? Um, you know, what, what types of things did they get excited about? Um, and how do you know that they, they engage in the work that they're doing? Yeah, the impact on the students, I was surprised by the amount of interest that um, I had. So I had to do it after school as a club. And um, so the kids picked, like, there were 10 options that they had, and they got to pick which one they wanted to participate in. And surprisingly, I had an overwhelming amount of students sign up to where we did have to, like, cut off the limit at one point. But um, there was a lot of kids who I didn't have in class, so that was nice to be able to build those relationships with them. And a lot of kids uh, knew nothing about how bad plastic was with the environment. So um, we would always start off class with them um, looking on social media accounts like CNN, Climate, or Plastic Pollutes, thing like, things like that. And they would have to um, share a fact out with the class before we got started that they had found and why they thought it was important. And then from there, um, the kids really just took control. Like, uh, once we did the cleanup, they saw the amount of trash that was really out there. And from there, they were just ready to take a head on. So once we got back, they were like, oh, I found this piece of trash. I found this. I found this. I can turn it into a seahorse or we could turn it into a shark or a sea turtle, um, which were some of the things that the students created from the trash that we had. Um, we had kids create seahorses, sharks, jellyfish a dolphin, all from the trash that we collected from that cleanup. And um, our librarian, who I would call one of our community partners, um, was very uh, nice and let us hang and display all that trash art, trash art in the library. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I think part of, um, you know, being a, a teenager or a kid is just not being aware of some of those things that are happening. So getting them out there, like taking them on that, um, on that cleanup. So they're actually seeing like this is happening and it's not somewhere else. Like it's right here in my community. Um, and it does sound like you had several community partners. So from that, that perspective, what was the community reaction and the community impact that you were getting from your community partners or from people who were seeing what your kids were doing? Yeah. I mean, we were getting great feedback. Um, one of our other community partners was actually one of our state representatives who is sponsoring a bill right now to um, cut back on the, the amount of plastic use since you're in the state of Kentucky. And um, she and another representative who our school sits in her district were going to come speak to the class. Um, but since we're having everything going on right now with the virus, 
we had to put that aside. But the kids were really looking forward to that because um, we were going to then take a trip to Frankfurt and see them like they were going to do a mock trial of introducing the bill and all that. Um, and they were going to let the kids like display their work up in the Capitol. So we had some great things that were coming from this. Um, and I was surprised when I had kids who weren't even involved in clubs coming up to me and asking me if they could stay after school with me or if they could like go on the next cleanup with us, which for me um, really hit home because I, the, cl the climate and the ecosystem is very important to me. So to be able to touch as many kids that I could um, really meant a lot. So I was like, yeah, here, here's a here's permission slip. Just come with us anyway. <laughs> but um, community partners, um, I think are very important when it comes to the PBL process um, because I always tell the kids like you can't be what you can't see. So if I'm not bringing in someone who works for the state fish and wildlife or bringing in a representative, then the kids aren't going to know one about these jobs because they do find a passion for the environment and want to like pursue it at a higher level. So um, I, I really think that community partners are great to have. I think that there is a partner for any type of PBL that you're doing. You really just have to be dedicated and putting in that time to email and call and text and drive and show up and whatever you have to do to make sure that it's successful. But I think that your partners make it sometimes easier for you to be able to do what you need to do. Because my goal was to have a partner for each time that we met, be present, to talk to the kids. Um, and then times that I couldn't get someone from outside the community, um, I had great coworkers, like our art teacher who would step up and talk about like what it means to um, write an artist statement for your creation that you just made, or the librarian coming in, talk to them and showing them different resources that we have in the library, or our science teachers, our social studies teachers, just different things like that. Yeah, that, that's such a kind of great way to look at how, how vital community partners are and, and really just the, I mean, the impact that it can have on students by, by seeing and being around professionals who, who are, are taking the work that they're doing and, and, you know, using that to make their living and their career. I think that's really important. And then like the, the impact that having um, a, a legislator, someone from the state legislator be present or be connected to it, even if they didn't get a chance to necessarily see that to fruition, like talk about, you know, getting the next generation of kids ready and excited to vote. Like when they can say like, I know that my voice will matter because in fact, when we're doing a project, like it's something that the state is also working on. And I think that that has such a profound impact on students and it's something that they'll remember moving forward. So knowing that, the end of the project obviously kind of didn't end maybe the way that it was necessarily planned. Um, you know, if you think about doing a project similar to this in the future, what, what things might you change or what might you do to, to even make it better than what it, what it has been so far? Mm, well, um, some things I might change. I've learned to let the kids um, do more of the work. I'm not saying like I, they weren't doing the work, but I feel like there were things like reaching out to community partners. That's something that they could have done. Like I could have kind of guided them, but I didn't have to put all that on myself as well as um, part of the project was they were reaching out to local restaurants here um, to sign a pledge saying they would uh, be uh, straw, straw free and the kids designed like a little button to give um, the companies are a decal window, a sticker to put in their windows. Um, so 
that's one thing I would do differently is just letting the kids have more control of the project. Um, and I, I've learned that throughout the process of it. But then um, I don't know necessarily if there's anything that I would change. Um, maybe the time that we spend together because <laughs> we were only meeting once a week for two hours. And um, I learned that that was not enough time especially once we started creating um, the, the big picture of our project, which was they created an ecosystem of a coral reef and everything that we used was made from recycled goods that, we, that people at school would donate to us, like plastic bottles, um, Pringle bottles, cardboard boxes, whatever they had at home, I was like, just bring it all in. So um, I think from, from that point, I would just maybe start a little bit earlier because there was a lot of work. <laughs> for the kids and for myself, but um, yeah. So, well, this sounds like an awesome project and like Josh said earlier, super relevant. Um, like this is something we're seeing, maybe it's not, maybe not as much right this second, but in the news, hearing a lot about it and um, just a lot of people and groups actively trying to seek solutions. So super real world and for them to see it um, in their own community, I think is awesome. And you've also given a lot of really good advice, just PBL in general. Um, you said you can't be what you can't see talking about community partners. And I love that. And I'm taking that and I'm going to carry that with me. You can have it. So, um, are, there, are there any final pieces of advice just uh, in general for our listeners that you have? Yeah, I would say um, with anything new, everyone's going to be scared. But to not let it seem like it's going to be something that you can't do or something that's going to be too overwhelming. Or as teachers, we feel like we don't have enough time in the day already and we're always asked to, be, to do more. Um, that's how I felt about PBL at the beginning. But after taking like a PBL um, course, I realized, oh, well, I'm kind of already doing PBL. Um, and my job could probably be a little bit easier <laughs> if I fully just implemented it in my classroom. Um, so I would just tell people to be open, um, not to judge so quickly, and definitely don't listen to the people around you because we do have those coworkers in the building who like to just down every single thing that you're asked to do. Um, but I think anybody that's a teacher, first year, 20 year teacher, could implement PBL in some way or form in their classroom, whether it's just taking a book and turning it into a PBL project. That's the way I did my first one because I was too scared to do something big. Or if you want to jump in both feet, like I, I think that you could do it. And I think there are resources out there through Magnify Learning and through um, sharing resources with your other like colleagues. There's plenty out there for someone to be able to do something like this. And I think that everyone should have the opportunity, especially the students, because as a special ed teacher, I have students who can't read or write in the sixth grade. Um, so when we can do things that are hands-on and they could talk about what we're doing more than just writing or having to read something, I saw behaviors drop drastically throughout that because the, the kids were engaged. And that's the best thing about PBL is how engaging it is for any learner on any level. Yeah, that's... Uh I will agree with that wholeheartedly, and it's why I've 
gotten hooked on, on PBL for sure. Well, Justin, your kids are really lucky to have you and we're really grateful that you uh, were able to spend some time uh, with us today and share, sharing a project. Yeah, I'm so happy that you guys allowed me to come. I'm sad that I couldn't come up there, but like, <laughs> I'd love to have the chance to come up and do another one with you guys for sure, especially once we get this finished. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. thank you again so much for talking to us today. Okay, well, thank you guys. Have a good day. Ready, break. Thanks again for joining Josh and Andrea for the PBL Playbook, where we give you the playbook of real PBL facilitators in the classroom just like you and help bring you strategies and tools for your PBL game. If you want to reach the pod, you can tweet at AskGIEBS, at MissB103, and at MagnifyLearning. Or you can email the PBL Playbook at MagnifyLearningN.org with any questions, thoughts, or ideas you have. Also be sure to show Josh and Andrea some PBL love by rating, reviewing, and sharing the PBL Playbook with other educators. Yeah.